From multiple solo play locations in Minneapolis or near enough, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Ellen Burns-Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Arthur Croy, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, we've asked our pal, story artist, animation director, and lovable curmudgeon, Sarah Yuskin, to bring her in-development tabletop RPG into the clubhouse, and we're going to workshop it. Will it be of any use to her? We and you are about to find out. So if anyone among us is ready, let's start. I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, welcome yeah. to the show. Thank you for having me. We have we have wanted to have you on for a good long while. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we really could have had you on for any episode. Um, and in fact, we're going to have you on for another one, I think. We're, we're in the process of convincing you. listeners may have even heard that one depending on the order in which we 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 publish these um but you're here uh for a special reason you have worked on a um a solo play tabletop rpg game and you thought uh uh, wisely or foolishly that it would be good to bring it to the clubhouse to 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 jam it up to 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 flesh out a bit right yeah wisely of course (laughs) Um, yeah i figured um you know, let's uh, knock some heads or put some brains together or, you know, make a brain smoothie and uh, make sense of this idea <laughs> that's been stewing in my head. There's <laughs> a lot of different ba- brain metaphors. I enjoyed that. <laughs> very, very descriptive, too. All right. So uh, listeners who know our nice games jam know we usually start with a prompt, um, but we're starting with something a little bit more substantial this time. So, Sarah, why don't you go ahead and, like, lay it out? What is this game? Yeah, so um, Darkstar, um, as I'm calling it currently, um, and Alien fans will um, get the connection there, um, is a solo play tabletop RPG, uh, pen and paper. Um, And yeah, the idea is um, you can play it in various increments. Uh, 30 minutes would be ideal, but there would be like longer increments um, for challenge or potentially for more players but the main idea is that um you know if you're sitting down in the morning for coffee or you're waiting for the bus um you can just churn out one of these missions or challenges or puzzles or whatever and um you know uh jump into this uh, weird dystopic sci-fi world that um it takes place in so you've got uh both a story you've built because that's your business so you know what you're doing there. And then you've got some mechanics, <laughs> yeah. which is uh, you've described as something a little not as confident about. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely more interested in the story aspect because that's what I'm better at. <laughs> but um, yeah, like uh, rather than because, you know, I love D&D and, um, you know, Delta Green and all of these sort of character driven RPGs, um, the idea that I thought would be kind of clever is instead of, like, you choose a class, yes, but um, the stats are uh, for your ship, for your spacecraft, and those are the things you have to track throughout gameplay, and um, those will lead to your success or failure, as opposed to, um, like, your traits as a human being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's hear about that ship then. Like how, how these, the stat system you work on is pretty interesting. Yeah. So um, I've broken it down to four main things. So um, just um, sort of going back a little, um, 
you can choose one of three classes and those classes will determine what kind of ship you have and um, will set the parameters for your ship's stats. So you have uh, like a suit, sort of a corporate entity. You have a like a freelancer, sort of a teamster, you know, the classic truckers in space sort of um, thing. And then you have the profiteer, uh, your sort of back alley, black market, um, like criminal class, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but um, essentially the main, uh, the four main stats for your ship are life support, AI systems, signal strength, and ship power. And um, what you do with those stats is um, you have um, sort of functioning parameters, and then um, you have like the red. So when you get into the red, um, you lose power or you lose ship functions or you lose life support, and therefore you can no longer... um, complete your assignment or complete your mission or get paid or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, right? you know, whatever the mission dictates success Mm -hmm. is. So yeah. Um, I think they're, they're kind of self-explanatory, but life support is of course, whether or not you can actually live in your ship, uh, whether you can breathe there. Um, AI systems is, um, essentially like mother from alien, like Mm -hmm. is your, Mm -hmm ship computer working for you or against you um signal strength is like can you uh, signal for help or call in reinforcements and ship power of course is does your ship work and perhaps with the exception of life support because well i guess you could crawl into like a (laughs) like a spacesuit or something like you can i guess kind of bypass um hitting the red um but they're not ideal yeah and um yeah that's sort of the challenge that i think would be very clever for some of these um, assignments and missions the way i'm imagining like this game working is like a a dm is like giving you situations and then like you use these these four different stats to determine whether or not you're successful yeah, but it's well, solo play. Yeah, it's solo play. Oh, it's so solo. Okay. The way I have it sort of in my head is um, you track these um, these stats. It, it, it's it's almost like a bar, like a health bar. And the beauty of uh, pen and or pencil and paper, rather, is you can track and erase. You know where you are on your right. bar, essentially, mm-hmm. um, and you can kind of self. DM in that oh, regard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing I like about this, this, the way you've laid the stats out is it's not just like a hundred percent to zero percent. Like your AI systems one is the way you've drawn it out in, in your, your draft document. You don't want it even, you want it to be a little less than 50% because too high and that's almost worse than too low. Right. Yeah. Like how much power do you want the AI to have? And of course, like if you're a suit, um, maybe you work for the company and this is where the world building would come in, you know, but maybe you work for the company that makes AI systems or crafts these ships. So maybe you don't really worry about the AI having full control over your vessel or your ship. But if you're a freelancer and maybe you're taking some gigs on the side outside of your contract um, or you're a profiteer, you know, you have to have some something running 
the ship, um, but you absolutely can't let it um, tip off the authorities, or maybe you've uh, altered it in some way, um, mm-hmm. you know, that'll dictate uh, where the red is. And But you can't have it be completely offline unless you're comfortable with manually running everything on your ship. Right, mm-hmm. right. You have to track a lot more mechanics, potentially, yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So as solo play, I think the challenge is is having um uh cuz you described it having scenarios or puzzles, right? Like each session would almost be like a mod like a D&D module or something, right? Yeah. Um and so the challenge of the designer is uh, a system that the player can interact with that either how much of it requires a pre-written scenario and how much of it can be done kind of just through the mechanics alone, right? Yeah. I'm wondering, Sarah, have you ever played, it's a tabletop RPG called Scum and Villainy? No, I'm writing that down right now. You should play it. It's a, it's, it's a mission-driven uh, tabletop RPG that is, it's structured where there needs to be like a game master. Um, but it's, I played it for a few months with some friends that uh, I met through work. And we were basically like running the Millennium Falcon but much jankier version of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> and we weren't very good at it, at it. <laughs> but, you know, we would, uh, we would run jobs. The whole, the whole um, game is structured around the need to run jobs and to get loot and money. Um, and you can reinvest it in your ship. And in Scum and Villainy, your ship also has stats. Um, and your player characters have stats and backgrounds and everything. And it's, um, you know, it's not something I think, Maybe you could run it on your own. I'm sure some people have done it and made some adjustments to the game where you can. But the idea of having to do jobs and then like pay off your crew and do jobs and then maintain your ship um, in these kind of short bursts of sessions seems really similar to what you're describing here. And so I think, um, you know, after today's workshop, you might really enjoy digging into that game and pulling some inspiration from it. Yeah, um, this is definitely... Um peak my interest like this is 100 percent. oh maybe not 100 percent, but this is definitely like something that would be worth looking at because mm-hmm. it, it's just so close and it has like that vibe you know yep. like the diy do-it-yourself space travel thing i love so much it's i think you'd really get a kick out of it um you know and at least whenever i'm trying to design some kind of experience like i'd like to touch on and like go play a bunch of things that feel related, not because I want to copy them. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Um, but you know, it gives me ideas of how, how my, what my world should do or what my systems should do. And I think that it might, I mean, even if you don't take, even if you don't get inspired from a single thing in scum and villainy, I really think you'd like it anyway. Um, but yeah, I was thinking the same thing that Mark was going for. Like, let's maybe maybe we could talk through and ideate on what a single assignment would look like, maybe from the perspective of one of the three character types. Yeah. So, um, and also just a quick additional thought um, based on Scum and Villainy. Um, the main game that really got me interested in. Um, this as a solo play was playing Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, okay. And that has a solo play and sort of self DMing mechanic, albeit much more <laughs> complicated <laughs> because there's so many working parts and pieces in that game. 
Like, isn't that game just like junk drawer, the board game? Yeah, it's huge. Like, it oh. is enormous. Like, we we saw it through to completion, um, me and a couple of my buds. And so eventually you get into the role of, okay, well, I set up this thing. I put away this thing. And it becomes a well-oiled machine. But um, the idea of maybe simplifying that, um, turning that into something that you can you know, print and you don't have to worry about all these pieces and all of these parts um, is really, really, I don't know, fascinating and interesting. And I think the scum and villainy thing is perfect as mm -hmm. well. Um, but yeah, um, regarding some assignments, like from the suit perspective, um, and, you know, I always think of like my favorite movies when thinking of some of these potential like missions and stuff like RoboCop and Alien and like the thing. And I just think of, oh, yeah, some like grease ball corporate person who has some secret assets off planet and is sending you um, this um, corporate operative if you will to check on these assets and what are these assets um it's need to know and you don't need to know until you absolutely <laughs> have to and um you know therein comes the challenge like well is this uh some sort of biohazardous material is it um like a, a creature they found um is it uh, like experimental science equipment and does it go like does it malfunction when you're transporting it like what um what would go on there so when it comes to um like the corporate aspect it would always be like checking on assets um inspecting potential products or maybe doing some back alley deals um yeah so what i'm hearing is each mission I think it needs to have like a narrative payoff. Like yeah. that seems to be core to the idea. And so yeah. um, there are these little, there's almost like these, they're almost like um, half length twilight zone episodes almost. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. the way I'm thinking of it where you've got like a setup and like a wonder, and, but there's a lot of mystery. Like you're not quite sure how, what it is. And then there's like um, maybe not necessarily every time a big twist, but like uh, uh, something thrown at you as the player to then figure out like, oh, did I actually in the early game that I prepare enough for the reveal to then yeah. complete the final challenge and then mm. be judged against whatever things to be judged on. And so this is my unfamiliarity with like these types of games. Like, how is it that we um, like, how do you know if you've won? Like, is this a, is this a, a game where you want to be? I've um, my stats are OK and I survived and that's a success. Or could it be maybe you've completed the story and then like you flip over the page and it's got the the rubric that like grades you on like how well you did or something? Um, yeah, I <clears throat> I've been thinking about that a lot. And also there's the added thing of, OK, well, are there specific missions for each class or do you approach each mission like all it's. There's just one mission, but different outcomes depending on your class oh, and like different that. goals. Yeah, yeah, um, different wins. And scenarios. I like that. Yeah, yeah, and like different sort of um, categories of success. There could be more challenging assignments where literally, like, success is like 
time and space is <laughs> untouched and mm-hmm. failure is, you know, you're dead. Yeah. New character. Um, but some of the more mundane things, and there's meant to be a spectrum in these assignments. Some of them are going to be mundane. Like I'm just drinking some coffee. I'm going to churn out this assignment and it'll be almost on the level of, I don't know, playing um, Sudoku or solitaire Uh or something very, very easy, but still satisfying. And then at the end of the assignment, um, if you failed or succeeded, it just determines how much money you got. Like, were you paid? Um, is your ship for the next game maybe a little worse for wear? You know, like mm-hmm. um, the determinant on success and failure is a little less intense. But if you're meaning to sit down for something a little more um, like challenging or engaging, then yeah, like you really have to pay attention to what's happening in this world and in the game and in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. Can I take what you've been saying for a little bit, Sarah, and then rephrase it in terms of like some gameplay outcomes or maybe even rules. Yeah. And then yeah. I'm going to pass the ball to Steven because I haven't heard from Steven in a little bit. Okay. But is that, is that okay for, with everybody? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Do it. Cool. Okay. So what I'm hearing is this game in terms of the player's relationship with their character is a little bit more like an MMO um, than in that you don't really, you might not actually win the game. Like you might continue to play and your ship might continue to be more powerful and you might continue to gain reputation and continue to gain money and continue to play as long as you want to. And the game is done when you decide you want to stop playing missions that are coming out. Yeah. Um, but I saw in the bottom of your PDF, like your intention is it'll keep going. It'll just keep releasing more assignments that people mm-hmm. can do. And as long as people want to play those assignments, they can just keep their character going. The twist being, if your ship completely blows up and you're dead, like you've got to start your character again, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't happen in MMO, right? right? Is that kind of kind of what you're going for, Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. And the nice thing about the assignments, too, is, yeah, like there would be sort of a, a challenge rating i guess but um like you wouldn't have to necessarily play them in order like oh no well my ship blew up and i don't really want to start from the beginning like you don't have to like you can just Mm -hmm. pick a new like rubric of assignments i guess um Mm -hmm. because every player and every character is different but yeah like you're spot on with like the relationship to your character like the intention is you like this is your character and your ship, you know, Mm -hmm. the connection is meant to be maybe a little more substantial so you can really interact with this world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's collaborative. It's like asynchronous collaborative storytelling, you know, the players assuming a lot of the characterization and the relationships and those elements of the story and like the character's motivation and why are they doing this? But the game assumes a lot of the, the responsibility of the setting and the, in, you know, maybe not the themes of the story, but the step-by-step action-by-action plot points. Oh um, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm, yeah, go ahead, Steven, follow oh, yours. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that does remind me of an MMO. Like um, oftentimes like you can add like character bits and stuff to like your MMOs, but like they generally don't appear in the game other than like your name, maybe. 
Um, but like you add like your yeah, you add like what your who your character is and what what your character is motivated by and stuff. And so this game is kind of similar because like you are not your your stats are not the character. Your stats are the the ship. And so the ship doesn't really control. I mean, you you control the ship unless your AI is too powerful or something. Um, (laughs) um, So so you can there are a lot of opportunities to characterize yourself in a way that like is opposing of what maybe your class is. So like maybe you're a suit, but like you're a rebellious suit and you don't really like um, the corporation you work for and you're trying to dismantle it inside or something. And so like you can uh, tool your ship in your class and your decisions based off of those terminations. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I guess what I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time picturing right now though, is like how you make decisions <laughs> yeah. in the game. Cause well, I mean like a lot of times with like, I guess they don't, like, I haven't played that many uh, tabletop RPGs. Um, but a lot of times the way your decisions are determined are based on like your stats and how good you are at doing certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess arguably like this game has that in that like your ship life support might be really bad or something. And so like you would opt to do something that your AI would be better at or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm wondering how like if you're off the ship or um, well, your ship is not like part of the decision making process. Um, how do you how, what do you what do you do as the player? In those instances. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's where um, a lot more work could be done, um, Mm. especially on, you know, the front end world building. The nice thing in Gloomhaven um, is that you kind of get this package of, okay, well, you can go this way or that way with your character, but you really don't have to worry about like crafting the ideal character. Like, yeah. But you still have a little bit of agency. Um, like there's this one character, the Harvester. Like you can be a complete troll and suck life out of your fellow players <laughs> to make yourself marginally more strong, or um, you can choose to be a little more supportive and you know bypass some of that attack strength to heal your um, your friends in combat and. Um, so yeah, like you can't really, you don't have the full um, sort of, you don't have like every single option on the table. Um, mm-hmm. It isn't maximum com- uh, customizability, but um, you still get a little bit of say in how your character works. And yeah. I think this game could definitely use that. Like with um, your class, like, yeah, well, if you are, like, just a greaseball corporate person, like, that means that you're going to maybe play the game this way more often than not. But if you're an insider, and that's what they all say when they get these <laughs> jobs, is I'm fighting from the inside. But yeah. if, you are true, if you're truly an insider, um, uh, then you play this way and maybe there is um a way to track where your character's head is at um mm-hmm. because you could maybe well i said i was going to be an insider but they're offering me this big gigantic bonus at the end <laughs> of the year like maybe yeah. you start playing a different way mm-hmm. yeah um 
So or maybe I- you can like maybe you get you're fired or whatever, or you lose your job and you become a freelancer, or maybe mm. oh. you steal company secrets and you become a profiteer. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so, I think there's agency in being able to change the course of your character um, that maybe helps or gives you slight boosts here and there. Um, mm-hmm. So it isn't just based on your ship's stats. It, um, it almost sounds like these different classes are fluid in that like you can feel more like a suit in certain missions and more like a profiteer or a freelancer in other missions. Yeah. And so maybe yeah. those should be, maybe those could be stats. Yeah. Instead of classes. I don't know. Um, and that could help you determine. Ooh. Well, that could help players determine things, but like, I, you, that could also I like help. that. Yeah. Like it could also help yeah. players or help you like make decisions. Like maybe you're really good with your, your higher ups. Like the boss really loves you or something. And so like your suit level is really high. And so it lets you <laughs> get access to more things. Uh, in your Are we mission. just making like a Marxist space game where it's like, okay, well, here <laughs> we have this um, sort of es- essentially economic class tracker, mm-hmm. um, and you sort of fall on one at or somewhere on the spectrum. Yeah, and um, it might be easier for if you are corporate to gain the benefits of the other classes but it might be a little harder to trend you know like that's a whole other conversation (laughs) but um i think that's an interesting i think that's really interesting actually um like a tracker for class and really emphasizing the fluidity of choice and gameplay and then Um, you have yeah you, you have things that you can only do if you're a certain class and then your choices yeah uh, shift your allegiance right so maybe even um uh almost like have like a 2d like a um like a 2d graph and then you're a point on that graph and then there are regions uh, on the graph that represent the classes so if you if you i mean you can make it a three-dimensional chart or whatever but like that way your choices can move you on one axis or the other and you can float around in your as a suit right but then you can then you can leave the the comfortable borders of the suit once you go too far on one axis and mm-hmm. head towards mercenary town or whatever on the yeah, almost like something well, like talent that. trees and then yeah, then you yeah, have different cause... abilities but like your maybe your ship is the same like your ship yeah. stats like th- and so uh, I could see you play it'd be a fun RPG element like you're like ten modules in and now you're playing a story and you've totally changed allegiances but you're still using all the equipment from your early thing and so that makes your character unique mm-hmm. yeah right. So what are yeah, like, and like, well, what do you do when you're a profiteer now, but you have this like really, really good at its job AI yeah, that yeah. just wants to, you know, how do you bypass that? And yeah, I mean, I just feel like there's so much like gameplay slash storytelling potential in like the class system. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, like additionally as well, um, because the intent is that you carry on this character and ship for as long as possible. Um, or until, I don't know, you want to realize them or 
whatever. But I mean, why would you want to do that? I, clearly, everyone just wants to work, work, work forever. But <laughs> um, especially alone in a ship. But, oh yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> like I think there's like it's really like wonderful to look back at a character and see like oh yeah I remember when I could only cast minor illusion and now I'm mm-hmm. basically god <laughs> of this world. <laughs> like, right. Uh, uh, I that's. <laughs> That's the interesting thing for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so well, uh, <laughs> we all have ideas all at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, give them all to me. We're bursting with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was gonna say, uh, I someone had brought up notoriety. Your ships, like you know how, um, uh, how how like famous I guess your ship is. Maybe like as you complete missions, certain missions specifically your ship gains a certain number of notoriety and that allows you access to some things. Yeah. Or ship or you as a person. Or makes it harder for you to do some things. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, Oh crap. I, I have all the, like these black market experimental things, but I can't get company access to like the cocktail party on Rigel's 12. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Or you have that powerful AI that's granted to you uh, from your corporate ship. But because you've left them behind, you no longer have access. So now you just yeah. have this powerful computer with fewer options in which to use it. Yeah. Um, so all that the the so um, not making the systems too complicated, but allowing the interplay between them to create unique scenarios for players, or really just give the illusion of unique scenarios. Because as a solo yeah. play game, like yeah, you want to like get with friends and talk about your experiences, but like it should really just feel like an infinite world and you as a unique thing in it. it the game doesn't necessarily have to have a million sliders. It just has to have yeah. enough for you yeah. to get that sense. And so the thing I've been thinking about is the, uh, um, uh, how to take all those and, and make them into mechanics. And one of the things I'm hearing a lot from the, the conversation is that the, the, it's all self-governing, right? It's not just solo play. It's like everything the player decides. Um, so like I was suggesting earlier, like maybe at the end you like r- see how well you did. But that doesn't seem to be the right framework. It's almost like at the end, the story is over and you had a, you enjoyed the story and you're ready for the next chapter, right? So it's less, it seems to me less about uh, success or failure and more just about resolution. Yeah. And so maybe the mechanically, a way we could do that is have um, characters can have like an action budget. So you, you're, each module can be laid out a scenario, uh, um, scene, scene, scene. And in each scene, the, the the module will give you options. So you can do this, this, or this. And maybe that's a little crude, but the, uh, um, it could be maybe a little bit more elegant than that. Um, and then as a character, you have you you can, based on your class or your allegiance or any of the, the few stats we're going to be sort of uh, rounding the character out with, um, you then can or can't do these certain actions. And maybe there's a die, a die roll involved, right? Maybe it doesn't have to yeah. be. Um, and then... Uh, so it limits your options. Um, and then once you've done that choice, then that governs what happens in the next scene. And then at the end of the story, um, you know, so you're, you're, you're transporting cargo. And so it's maybe that's, that's the Sudoku mission for the, the, the loyal grease ball, but for, <laughs> but for the, the rebellious grease ball, who's like, this is the time where it's, I'm just going to open it up and see what the company is transporting. Then suddenly the mission becomes way more interesting. Mm, and, yeah. and but not, both are successful uh, playthroughs, right? Mm-hmm. But but if you have an action budget, 
then that's a mechanical way for you to have a risk reward. It's like, oh, I only can do this many things, um, either in this scene or in the game entirely. So maybe you don't have enough action points to, to, to do your full-scale rebellion. Like maybe in this module, you're going to spend your action points to upgrade your ship and then not engage too much with the more interesting mis mystery of the story. And then, it, and then that way your ship is in better shape for the next module. And all this is self-governing. So the the player can just, it's up to them to sort of tell themselves that they're following the rules, right? And to withhold yeah. some of the rewarding parts of it, perhaps for themselves, or maybe play it three or four times in different ways for, just for funsies, right? Like let them play how they like. And then, yeah, absolutely. and then at the end of the mission, you, depending on what you did and what resulted, the resolution could then say, you know, sort of the cliffhanger for the next one. And this would require a lot of work on the designer and, and publisher of this thing. But if you have like 30 modules out there, then I just finished this one. Now, based on the outcome, I have these two options to go to next. And yeah. then that becomes a, a, another role-playing choice because character isn't just about uh, 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 properties. It's about actions and experience. So yeah. the order in which you do these missions can be part of the character's history and unique quality. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I opened that mod, I opened that, that container and I saw the horror inside that the company is, <laughs> is up to. All right. And now I'm going to, I have two options now. I can either uh, transport it to the, um, you know, a, 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 a resistance cell and that can be my mission, or I can change my mind and, and take it to the, to the fine, you know, to its intended destination, or I can keep it for myself and run tests. Right. And those can be three different part twos or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if that it. seems like a place to start, I think what we should do is let's write one of these scenarios. And as we do, then we can come up with these mechanics because that's the, mm -hmm. we've identified that as the biggest challenge. Right. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I learned of this uh, cool Twitter account that you can follow. Tell me. I Twitter account. You can mm. follow Nice Games Club. Have we talked about Twitter before ever? I don't remember. No, never. Not, not once. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is completely new and no one has ever heard of this this cool new scene that I've been a part of. I'm really buying this bit you guys are doing. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we might need to create a rule for the podcast where we only do a shtick twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's never stopped us before. A good point. <laughs> We've made rules and broken them before. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> What's that uh, Twitter handle again, Stephen? In case anybody is confused. At Nice Games Club. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We are back and we are going to, I think, try to talk through what a gameplay loop would look like for Darkstar. Yes. Um, so, Mark, you were kind of summarizing some of the thoughts I was also having mm-hmm. uh, at the, the end, you know, the section before our, there's a kitty on camera. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. ruining the <laughs> podcast, but she's so cute. Um, yeah. So before we cut away uh, to our call to action, we were talking about how, um, how um, one mission might lead to choices that lead to the next mission and so on and so forth. And we were talking through that at a high level, but I think, um, you know, I definitely agree with you, Mark, that maybe the next thing we need to do to really think through what these mechanics should start, you know, how they should start to work is to try to get into, you know, do a deep dive into one of these assignments and kind of sketch out some of these numbers um, in hypotheticals. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like the things we've talked about already that we've we, mm-hmm. we sort of batted around are of the class, the, the three classes that um, Sarah has in her document. The the suit seems to be the one that we've talked about the most. So maybe mm-hmm. we can pick that. And yes. the, the assignment can be something that the corporation wants you to do. And then the, the maybe the, the 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 push and pull narratively can be the compliance or non-compliance. Yeah. That that seems to be what I'm hearing. That, Sarah, that seemed to be what you've hooked into is like the first thing to try. Keeping in mind, this universe is should have many more things. But we got to start somewhere. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I have one suggestion, one suggestion change to that setup, Mark. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense to choose a single assignment. And I think it makes sense to think through what the assignment of the choices and some of the mechanics um, would look like for the suit. But I also suggest that in parallel, we do the same on the same assignment for a different character. Oh, okay. Just keep that in mind. Uh, even right. If, if we yeah, want... Very good idea. Exactly. If we want to have the same assignments apply to all of characters, then I think we've got to start confronting that kind of tension first, like right away. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so what's the first thing that happens when you when you uh, start playing this game? The very first thing. What do we All think? right. Well... You open up your little booklet, and uh, I don't know. Um, and I guess there's that's, there's two questions in there. There's the first thing in the story, but really, I guess I'm thinking more of the first thing the player does. Like, yeah, absolutely. In the game question. or in the assignment? I guess for maybe both. I, yeah. Here's what I kind of have in my brain ball for this. Okay. Um, so the idea is that you would have like your little character booklet or something and that you could print off or download assignments and then just add them to your like dossier or file or whatever. I like that. So everything's kept in one place. So you would open up your like dossier or your little booklet. You have your sort of character profile, your ship stats, all of that, all the fun little goodies that make your character unique. And then you turn to your assignment and it has maybe like an outline, like depending on what your class is or where your character's at, like, okay, well, here's 
here's your assignment. Like literally like this is what you are assigned to do transport this here or check on the asset, you know, quote unquote, the asset (laughs) um, or infiltrate the company and obtain the asset for yourself. Um, Yeah. And so based on, or maybe it could just be like a, just like a plane, like, okay, well, Kruger Co. has this um, experimental new device that they are unveiling at their company gala. And then you have your choices. Okay, well, check on the asset, make sure the unveiling goes according to plan, infiltrate the gala and obtain information on the asset, or like arrive to the gala to transport it offsite after the unveiling. Um, And that would be your in. And then of course, throughout the gameplay or throughout the assignment or story uh, motives can change, or you could be met with um, sort of conflicting um, ways to go about things like, Oh, well I arrived to steal this for myself, but I, I realized that this thing is, maybe a, a bit beyond my pay grade, or maybe you overhear someone saying something, or maybe everything goes according to plan, but something doesn't feel right. So yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that would be the in is you get like sort of a brief description and then you choose, okay, well, how do you enter this scenario? Sure. Yeah, that's a good the, way to The way it. I'm imagining this happening is like you choose which, direction you want to go with the scenario and then like you prepare your ship for this scenario and maybe like maybe you can like tool tune the dials in your ship so that like your life support is really high but your ai systems are really low or something yeah and like with money or action uh action Mm -hmm. tokens or uh goodwill modules or um, whatever we could call these things um you can i don't know like go in with a soldering gun or Mm. um, a life support suit or a like a nougat candy bar you know (laughs) what i mean like you could prepare for each mission yeah um and these items and maybe that's the way to give you a little more control over what happens with your ship is okay well these items um, will allow me to bypass some of these stat things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay. Yeah, so so it th- seems like there's two. Uh, 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 the first thing is you get you get a summary. You get the, here's what the mission is, what the assignment is, and perhaps depending on how flexible we want to be, the assignment should be um, suitable for all classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then what it means might be a little bit different depending on which player is playing it. And that's up to the player, perhaps, to f- maybe fill in the gaps on that. Um, yeah. I maybe- mean, it, I guess it also depends on, you know, how much trust we want to place in the player. It's just like, it. this is essentially kind of like a, maybe a more mature uh, choose-your-own-adventure sure, thing sure. where, you know, well, what's stopping you from just, like, reading everything in the <laughs> book and yeah. then choosing your ideal. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right, right. You could 
theoretically just like lay it all out like here's the assignment like here's the assignment name and here are the different you know what i mean like we could yeah present three different um like tones for the assignment mm-hmm. depending on who you are how you want to enter this thing and um you know you just trust the player to choose it it's the same thing with gloomhaven like you kind of have to just trust the player that right they're gonna do everything the right way yeah um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And also, I think for a game like this, as a developer, you also have to kind of not care if the yeah. player breaks the rules. You you, you want to make it so that they don't accidentally break the rules, but you got to make sure that it's okay for them to do it. I think just because yeah. of the, if if we're if the trust the player is it feels like a, a sort of a pillar. Um, okay, so you get the you get the, the the summary, and maybe we'll maybe we should be specific about that when we start designing this this one mission. But then the second choice you make, and Stephen, you you were getting this, and Sarah, you were sort of going back and forth, is that you then use some mechanic to prepare so yeah. you you know you you tune the ship you equip your character or maybe you recruit the crew or something and so let's talk about that specifically like sure. what what are the mechanics what are the levers we pull do you get you have a, a budget for actions or materials or how complicated we want to make it does each yeah. piece of equipment have its own little card of stats or a little maybe yeah. two line mini paragraph in the mission to let you know, or can you put get anything from your storage locker that exists on your character sheet? Like, how would we handle that? Yeah, Alan, I was going to ask because it sounds like you have a lot more, you have a lot of experience with tabletop RGGs. Are, there's mm-hmm. a pre- preparation state in a lot of these, right? That you that you do. How, how, yeah. How, how do you think we would approach it in this game? So, I mean, with some RPGs more than others. Uh, the preparation phase before an assignment or a mission is more formal than, you know, in other games. Um, and of course, it probably depends on the group that you're playing with. But the way that I'm imagining it working, kind of based on Sarah's descriptions and your responses, Mark and Steven, is that we would give people um, a limited number of setup actions, maybe. That is, you could you know, you could tune a getaway vehicle, you can go to the market and you can, you find, you can choose one of these three items or you can purchase all of them depending on how much money you have, you know, up to this point. Um, And uh, maybe we give people, maybe that's a page in the story. So the first page maybe is the mission briefing and it it lays out what the setting is and and a a bit about what's, you know, involved and then the three different goals for your three different classes. Um, and then the next page is set up and it gives you an action economy, how many actions you can take, how, what what different actions would be and how much they would cost in terms of maybe reputation or money. Um, and then, yeah, so I could see it being like, let's give the player three actions and we give them seven to choose from or something like that. Or we give them one action and we give them three to choose, something, something like that. Because I think... I mean, the meaningful part of a narrative game is when you have made one choice and that means you're not making that choice. Like you're going through this door. It means you did not go through that door. And that's what really shapes the story. Right. Um, So I could see, you know, you give everyone the same options to choose from, but who they are, what class they've chosen, what goals they have for that assignment is going to kind of it's going to really influence what you how they tend to prep their own play style. Like you know, 
the the corporate suit um who it's maybe maybe she's really trying to live like a flashy lifestyle and everything like that and reputation is really important to her she's gonna get her car or get her spaceship really beefed up because that that you know that particular action is going to give like a plus five reputation to any reputation interactions that she has when she's on site or something like that um whereas like the uh um the smuggler what was the name that you were using for that sarah profiteer profiteer the profiteer yeah the profiteer might do something similar because it, get, it also it also gives you plus five speed mm. um doesn't care so much about the reputation but the speed for the getaway is is bigger so i think i think that'd be kind of cool and if i'm thinking about this as a like a really quick like awesome booklet the first page could be the mission briefing the second page could be the setup and then you actually start getting to like like the setting up action the climax and the following action in the next three pages. Um, okay, yeah. You could almost set it up like a workbook. Yeah. There's a there's a page of what's happening in the game and then a workbook page where you write down like the mechanics and you do the math and you write a little bit of what happened in the story. And then yeah. the next page is the next part of that. And then there's a page where you write. It's really cool things you can do with that. Yeah, I, li I like the idea of a workbook because then yeah. like that also adds to, like in terms of like what, physically the game could be like in my head um i'm thinking yeah the workbook um a pencil and then maybe some dice you know what i mean like really yeah. simple yeah. or some sort of like randomizing aspect um for gameplay so mm -hmm. and then of course um because although this is primarily sort of a solo play like a solo governing gameplay thing um i think it would be fun to you know if this becomes a thing in some wonderful wonderful future this some like post quarantine future where we can actually <laughs> like be in the same room with each other um like maybe there is um like an assignment where okay well you have to recruit three other players and play mm -hmm. it cooperatively yeah. and of course there's dueling motives so and you'd have play, you know, one player's booklet is slightly different from the other player's booklet, right? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Like the the assign, like the big gigantic mega assignment could be its own workbook um, that mm -hmm. everyone contributes to, and then of course you have your own character thing, and yeah. that shields you and your motives from the other players. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I see it almost like each book would be its own campaign and you can start with the same, you can start the next campaign with the player stats that you ended with mm -hmm. at the end of the first one, if you wanted to, or start a whole new character. And it's like, takes place in a different system with different players. And yeah. there's so much you could do and you could just like put so many books out and there would be so much cool art and everyone would do their own fan art and they draw their own characters and put it up on Reddit. It's a beautiful world I envisioned for this. It's so cool. Yes. Um, it's man, it's so tricky because like all it, every little concrete idea we have inspires a million big ideas. <laughs> yeah, it's so. I, know. I think game designers listening will really recognize this as the like. Okay, uh, how many hit points? Seven hit points. But you know, if it's six hit points, and then suddenly you've written a novel <laughs> of possibilities, yeah. and then you haven't come yeah. up with the and like we, yeah, we're definitely doing that. But it's but it helps because then it it creates a framework for then those future concrete decisions to be made in. So it is actually, I, I do believe it's productive work. Um, uh, maybe not efficient for the podcast, but that's really not a problem. 
Yeah. Um, but Ellen, Ellen, I love the yeah. idea of, the, of, of like having a mission that you actually write in because it becomes a record of play. Because one yeah. of the things, yeah. so, you know, when I, I've, I've run Star Trek Adventures, the Star Trek role-playing game, and I've written my own uh, missions for that. But players be players, and they're going to change a lot. And so, um, I, you know, I, I look back at some of those old PDFs I put together for those missions and the, the, all the amazing story ideas I had that never happened because players uh, made them better. And I kind of only half remember what happened. Um, mm. And so having a system that very explicitly keeps a record is pretty cool, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, especially because yeah. part of the part of the meta social part of this game would be people telling each other how they approached it. So I love that little maybe half size <laughs> sheets in a in a, a a printout booklet where so first page is here's the here's the the assignment. Um, second page is here are your options to get started. And so I was I was asking the question: Do we want to have players have an inventory? Like I'm going to take this weapon with me or whatever, or do we want to make that mission specific? It sounds like we want to make it mission specific, just in terms of so that it's it's easier to play on the bus, right? Yeah, yeah, and it could be either like we could have like very clear parameters, like okay, well for some of the easier missions, like you can't, you know, like in mission items only or assignment like standard okay. issue items yeah. only you know mm. as opposed to like personal items um but yeah. for your more challenging substantial things it's like personal inventory allowed you know um, yeah yeah i like that i like that it gives you it, it lets i think what's nice is that we're, we're we want to come up with like a minimum viable mission like a, a first timers mission but at the same yeah. time make it the mechanics not restrictive so that bigger, more complicated things can happen. So someone who's been playing this for a while can find something new in it uh, with the yeah. sort of advanced modules or something. And presumably, we're, we definitely want people to write their own missions, right? Like we want the format oh, to be yeah, structured sure. that way. So that seems to be yeah, really- Yeah, it should be like, it should be like a an open source thing. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I or whatever could publish or put out a thing, but someone else could easily create their own like set of, you know, because then you're, like everyone's creating their own world. Like, oh well, I have my criminal mastermind <laughs> missions over here. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh. right. Okay, so uh, let's get specific. Let's talk about this mission, which uh, I've decided we're going to call the asset. Right, the asset. <laughs> um, so I think I think one of you said that. Um, all right. So um, so the summary that we've been uh, um, working with so far is you are um, you are given uh, something to deliver. That's just, that's that's the the simplest form. Um, do we want to talk specifically about that scenario? What's on that first page, or do we want to talk about what's on the second page about the our, our options? Which one do we want to start actually getting real specific about right now? Uh, I think we should also be careful to give ourselves some strict time boxes because with how many design minds we have in this digital space, yes. we yeah. can go on and on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I want to make sure that we can get all the way to the end of what what each page of the booklet looks like. So we yeah. don't have to be, okay. we don't have to really, dr- we don't have to have final drafts or leave in proper first drafts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So should we leave that first page to the mission is the corporation sent you to deliver a thing? And maybe sure. that's yeah, I think we need to get more specific. Okay. Oh, oh. I'm the dissenting opinion. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. All right, Ellen. I think we need to get more specific because I think, I think we're going to have a really difficult time thinking of objects in an inventory if we don't have a clear mission. Right, yeah, right, right. I mean, here, we can here's what I think idea, would be um, like a good way, like a good framing device for the mm-hmm. mission, as well as a good in is um, it's an email or some sort of um, uh, communique, um, you know, 
RE the asset. Um, hey, so-and-so, hey, freelancer, we have this job that you might be interested in, blah, 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 outlining the goals, um, maybe some story-specific or class-specific things. Yeah, then you turn the page, and then there's like, okay, well, here are your issued items or issued equipment for the mm-hmm. job. So can I, can I spitball some, just for now, since we're brainstorming, can I spitball some placeholder details for that yeah. thing? Mm-hmm. Hey, freelancer, this is your contact at Kruger Corps. We have, a, we have a large crate we need you to take from Planet Kitty Tail. That's what's on screen right now. <laughs> to Planet Puppy Dog in time for our spring Puppy Dog Planet Gala. Um, enclosed find details about equipment payments and non-disclosure agreements. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Co- you know, let me know within 24 hours if you accept and we'll give you your advance or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So we have the, the, the crate. We have the from here to there. And those can be things that can appear in other missions. So there's some world building. We have in time for what was it? The puppy dog planet gala. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so there's a there's a there's a time uh, a structure here. So maybe we want to put something in the engines or whatever. Give us an idea there, um, and then uh, what? Are the, I'm I'm trying to like do notes here. So what are the what's yeah. what are the the last detail in that summary? The sort of like last noun. You had something. Uh, I, forgot. I think it was like what the reward was going to be. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What what the supplies provided would be. So like what options you had for inventory that right. you can take along, or mm-hmm. you know, I guess there was a notice of an advance. Yeah. Um, on that payment. So like you get you get 10% up front or whatever. Um, but there was also like an NDA. So there, I'm assuming in whatever structure that would be is like, don't look inside the box. You don't look inside the box. You don't tell anybody that you transported the box and you don't look inside the box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, and also so you can't go to the gala, something like that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm here. I'm hearing stats and mechanics here. So uh, every so this would be on the second page. Every assignment will have a reward an advance or maybe not an advance, right? It will have, uh, it, it'll be, a, it'll be, have a type, right? Um, so cargo, um, uh, escort or, you know, the other things. Um, Trans- it'll also yeah. be perhaps uh, restrictions. So this would include like NDAs. Uh, like you get, you, you get to do this, but you can't break the speed limit. You have to go around this nebula, something, right? Yeah. Um, and then, um, let's see what else. I had something, but, um, then other things would it would have, but uh, oh, supplies, right? So this yeah. is what we've provided for you. This mission specific um, supplies. Uh, okay, so um, so now you've got you've got, and that'll be on the second page, and then the rest of the page will be filled out with what those supplies are, and then perhaps at the very bottom of that page or the third page would be uh, the first scene or your first choice to make mm-hmm. uh, from that. So let's talk about the second page about what those specific things are for this mission. Um, and, you know, we can say, what's a reward? Like how much is a space dollar worth? It's like now is where we're deciding it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could also be like, I don't know, like here's your planet chit or nebula bucks or, you know, so yeah. <laughs> it could be like one nebula buck is maybe I don't know, enough to get you a, a nougat cluster or something like. Right, yeah. right. So um, maybe we can, for reward, for our purposes now, we can say 
uh, it has different uh, categories. So a, a reward yep. would be a, a, a pittance, a, a bit, you know, a, a living wage and, mm. you know, and a can't, a can't pass up, right? So something yeah. like that. And those can be expressed okay. in the game in actual numbers. But maybe we can just talk about that because then that gives the players some context for their choices, right? Yeah, I, I dig that so, a lot. And depending on how you carry out this assignment, you know, that'll determine, you know, do you get like a lifetime supply of nougat clusters or do you get like <laughs> a nice bonus, you know? Right. Is that what Kruger Corp makes is nougat clusters? <laughs> nougat <laughs> clusters, yeah. Officially, yes. Yeah. yeah. Officially. Unofficially, no comment. <laughs> they were they were mining for all these minerals and they just found a planet made of nougat. <laughs> Sounds awesome. So unless it's really stale nougat, then oh, it doesn't sound no, awesome. It's good nougat. Like the uh, oh yeah. Okay, yeah. so if you get like a, a, a like a low reward then the player needs other motivations to agree to do it. If you have a high reward, then those types of missions can be the ones that be most narratively interesting, like, you know, transport the, the royal prince or something, or um, take this criminal who you're pretty sure is innocent, uh, you know, or something like that. And then that then you've got some choices, but you by by making the moral choice or whatever, you you pass up on a big, you know, a windfall, which depending on how you're playing your character might be more interesting to you. Yeah. Um, okay, so for this mission, uh, right. what is uh, what is the reward for this? Would we say it's a big reward because we're not telling you anything about the cargo? I would imagine it's like a, a wage. You just yeah. You mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, this is a, a bog standard. Like, don't get too curious, but also it's not that interesting. Well, I, yeah, I, I yeah, I guess the way I'm thinking of it. I mean, so you think, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The way I'm thinking of it is like you do these kind of things all the time. So okay, like. They normally give you these NDAs and stuff. Um, All right, so so you don't look at the box. Yeah, and so okay, so it's it's just the this is a normal mission. It's they're paying you the normal amount. Yeah, not expecting it to be a particular motivator or demotivator. All right, mm -hmm. so um, for an, an advance, which would give you a reason to say run off with the cash. Mm -hmm. uh, so no advance on this one then. Yeah. That's All right. Okay. Probably so, minimal supplies provided as well. Like they'll give you like docking. They'll give you like a passport or whatever the credentials you need to enter space in both the planets that you need to visit to get the thing. Yeah. Right. The papers you need, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they might cover the cost of fuel or they might give you like a, here's, here's a stipend for fuel and whatever you don't use, you get to keep. Right. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> if you have a really efficient ship then yeah and so one of the things about uh, like designing this in kind of a narrative first structure is like we don't know what any things these things mean but we'll figure it out uh we'll yeah. figure out what 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 why having a fuel stipend is mechanically interesting later although the yeah. player should recognize why it's mechanically interesting right away mm -hmm. even though we don't right now um yeah. okay so uh so type of mission is a cargo mission um, and we can assume there are many other types. We don't have to decide. So yeah. restrictions on this. So maybe there is an NDA on this and that's the, maybe the, the sort of like interesting, like maybe it's just more than a normal mission. Mm. Um, but there's no, maybe that this is a kind of thing where it's mechanically not that interesting. It's more narratively interesting. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then any other kind of restrictions that might feel, uh, uh, again, we don't know what the mechanics are yet, but, uh, let's just think of what might be. There's a time restriction. Okay. Time. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's something laid out in the summary, but that would be a good place to put into restrictions might not be the right category, but like, 
Um, yeah. Uh, 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 sort of like constraints. Rule, rules variance. Uh, yeah. Constraints. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. that's a better phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, and so an NDA might mechanically mean that like you can't talk, you can't bring anybody else on board, including like NPC characters. You can't stop mm-hmm. off at a way station uh, for two or something like that. But we don't yeah. have to decide exactly. Um, okay. So um, I can I add a little, another wrinkle for page two, maybe? Yeah. Um, I think it might be interesting to have a section that's like non monetary risks and rewards, like opportunities and risks. Um, so it could be like, okay, opportunities for the freelancer, you, um, you know, there's a lot of trade on puppy dog. And so, but, but it's also highly regulated or something like that. So you have to, like, it's great for you to be able to get on, you know, to this planet, you might make some new contacts, you can use the opportunity to like do some networking and so on and so forth. The risk is, um, I don't know, they're very selective about there, uh, you might. There's a rival that that you have that lives there, and you need to stay low or stay stay low profile in order to not catch their attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. Or that. Or you have some outstanding finds. I don't know. <laughs> well, it could be that this could be hints of future missions, right? Once you get the yeah. planet Puppy Dog, like there's there's four modules available for you there. Um, but going in, it's like if you do deliver it there, uh, you you better be someone who's interested in doing business on Planet Puppy Dog. Um, and so that's a motivation to doing this mission or not. Yeah. 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 Maybe well, yeah, like, just imagine like, like, I don't know, like 20 missions in or whatever, like there could be like a, like page one point or a or whatever, where it's like, if you've done business on puppy dog before, um, you reap these added bonuses yeah. or, um, if you had a falling out on puppy dog, like you suffer these consequences going in right at the, you know at the top so yeah. yeah yeah and that's the reputation mechanic that you guys were were, were hinting at mm-hmm. um i like mm-hmm. that so that's gonna be- th- say one of the risks maybe could be just maybe planet puppy dog is an upstanding uh nate or planet and like they don't like uh quote unquote low lives coming to the planet so like if you're right. if you're a profiteer then like you're not welcome. Ah. so that risk is relevant to who you are as a character yeah which then you will have to, as the also the, the 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 DM, you will have to then make sure you account for in the scenarios where that would matter. Yeah. Um, so like once you get to a certain thing, it's like you know, uh, yeah, you're on a mission from the corporation, but like you know, you're a scruffy nerf herder, so uh, you it's harder for you to get past or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I like that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Only good dogs on Planet Puppy Dog. <laughs> <laughs> They're all good dogs. <laughs> so not not friendly to scruffy types. Yeah. To scruffy dogs. Yeah. Scruffy looking nerf herders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ellen, I like that a lot. Risks, opportunities. That's pretty good. So is there anything we've missed from this second page? We haven't talked a lot about actual supplies or equipment, but maybe we maybe that's not as big a part of it as we thought. Yeah, that's something that could easily be figured out in the future because I, I'm sure it it boils down to like I don't know soldering gun add like you get this bonus. Um, yeah, equipment is its own. So maybe thing. maybe that is mm-hmm. more about the what the what's on the character sheet, what's on the ship sheet, and it's just not a huge yeah. list, so you don't ha- yeah, so it's yeah. easy to keep in your head, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So we've got essentially the mission layout here. Um, does anybody want to quickly summarize it before we move on? 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's summarize it for them. Yeah. Uh, so we've got rewards. You got an advance, whether or not you get paid early a little bit. Uh, the type of mission this is, uh, constraints from the mission, uh, and then mission specific supplies that you get for to, to complete the mission, and then the risks and opportunities involved with the mission. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And for this mission, uh, we've said that it's to transport uh, a cargo of that you don't know what it is mm-hmm. from uh, planet Kitty Tail to planet Puppy Dog, <laughs> and um, you uh, are just being paid. It's a normal mission, as far as anyone's telling you. Normal rate, uh, no advance, nothing particularly special about it. But there's some secrecy and a time limit. You got to get it there by a certain time. Um, you've been given all the papers and documentation you need to get, uh, you know, past the planetary defense grid. Um, and you've also been given a fuel stipend, which maybe is a little unusual for such a normal mission. Hmm. And then uh, there's a bit of a risk because uh, Planet Puppy Dog only allows good pups and you're not one of them, perhaps. But different players will have different reactions to these risks and opportunities. Mm. Uh, opportunities is there's plenty of, of, of future assignments available on this planet. And so if you're looking to change your reputation and, you know, put on a tie in future missions, this might be a real good one to get you started on that path. Yeah. All right. So we got a pretty good grounding get started. So. What is the f- what is the first choice we make? Like, what's the first scene? Ooh, all right. And and how many scenes do a mission have? I almost think it shouldn't be too long. Like, really, this should no. be a ton, right? Well, yeah, it's supposed to be thirty minutes long, correct? Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm almost thinking. I mean, we could just treat it like a three act structure. Um, first, like first big thing, um, sort of a secondary thing, and then sort of the climactic thing. And then resolution comes after that. But yeah. like it could be, okay, well, what choice do you make when you make the initial contact to pick up the asset? Um, do you voice some concern about the secrecy? Do you uh, yuck it up with the dock worker? You know, like we could go on and on about like- Yeah, yeah. And- right, this, the scene is the loading it into your cargo bay. Yeah. And there's some people who you can talk to to ask questions of and maybe make some choices- or maybe seed, or maybe do something that will then benefit you later in terms of like, I really want to know what this is. I'm going to put a tracker on it or a scanner on it when they're loading it up before they lock the case or whatever. Mm. Yeah. So I also think here there'd be an opportunity to maybe enter in a little bit of randomization um, because I think that, uh, you know, there are some things you just can't control. There's a technical glitch perhaps in the, uh, in the docs, inventory system or scheduling system and there's a jam and that costs you like some time right this the time is one of the constraints that we're working against right. here so i wonder if this would be an opportunity yeah. for you to do some rolling and depending on the results of your role you gain time or you lose time um just because i can i feel like there's not a lot of potential like stakes in i'm here at this dock in yeah. a planet called kitty tail picking up a box right um more, I feel like more of the, the tangling would come in at the end of Act One and at the beginning of Act Two, like when things get a little bit more interesting. Yeah, you know what that but tells it, me is that tells me that time limit is a game type, right? It'd be oh, a, okay, it'd be a mechanic, type. Yeah, it's 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 a cargo mission with a time limit. Those are the, that so that you so that we can have a framework for other missions of that type. So sure. Uh, so time can count down with every action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's. Good. I like that. Yeah. And you could use the dice to work through that um, at every single turn, but depending on the choices that you make, you're getting bonuses or 
penalties to your dice roll. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And like, depending on how, like, if you're keeping schedule or if you're lagging behind, um, that could determine, okay, like factoring in the randomization, like something always has to go wrong on these things. Like Mm. that could determine, well, what goes wrong in the climax? Um, Like, are you boarded by profiteers and you have to purge, you know, your cargo? Um, Or are you making good time? Do you meet up with a rival company that, Gives you know what I mean, like all of these different things that could possibly happen. Yeah. Um. At the end. Yeah, I like the idea of pirates just in the middle, like a random encounter. Like, <laughs> yeah, you either you you pay them off so you can keep going, or you fight them when you and you lose time. Yeah, so or you try as hard as possible to conceal the cargo. Right. Right. I love the idea of this because now, like, as we've talked about these this particular class, I almost feel like each of these is like a set of three books, one for each class. And it could be mission one is you're going to take this package. You're the, you're the, you're the freelancer. You're moving this package to the gala and the profiteer's mission is get this package away from this freelancer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the other one is, okay, there's a package at it. You know, the corporate, um, the suit is there's a package at a gala and you're going to try to scan what's inside of it for your own department. I don't know. Yeah. Like so really fun stuff. cores, rival company, Benson Co. hired you a one like a back alley crook to steal this thing, you know, like so it's it's still like within like these corporate parameters, but yeah, yeah. Unless you follow the same like overall arc of the story from a few different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's kind of cool. So what I'm hearing there is that um because we were talking earlier about having a mission that you could play no matter what class you are, but it might mean be more satisfying to have three variations of the asset, the one for the freelancer. And then when you do move between classes, then you, you now have to pick from a different subset of modules. That yeah. seems maybe more manageable as a designer, even if ultimately means writing more of these. Hey, scenarios. I dig that. Mm-hmm. Like imagine just like imagine in your head, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. You go to this like website. It looks like a seventies sci-fi like, computer thing and yeah (laughs) and it's like okay select your class and then like all of your options are laid out in front of you and or some of them are like locked or oh man mm, i'm just like drooling i'm salivating over here (laughs) i really want to play this please get this done like next week (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we're really going to be on you once this is through to to really follow it up because we've got to play this thing. Yeah. Um, we play all three versions of this mission. Okay, so it sounds to me like the 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 privateer interrupting your freelance mission is not a randomization; it's Act Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And yeah. so, it, but if you're playing the freelancer version, it's also Act Two, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that sound good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to throw that in there. So uh, Act 1 is pick up cargo. So this is an opportunity to learn a bit, um, maybe experience some glitches, mm-hmm. um, and uh, waste some time or waste no time, right? So that's your main, um, that's the risk-reward is, yeah. uh, and maybe not knowing, because we're now treating um, this, like if this is like a half-size booklet, the page turns are what protects spoilers, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, and so if, if that's a mechanic of it, because I was initially thinking like, we shouldn't worry about keeping information from the player. 
but it seems like there's a natural way to do it uh, is yeah. putting each act on a page. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, okay. So you don't know exactly if the time is worth wasting or not. So there's that risk. So that, that feels like fun gameplay um, <laughs> that you do all in your head without necessarily a need for a, a GM to, to validate you, which is yeah. really, that's the demand of, of this kind of game. Okay, great. Um, all right. So act two is, oh, do we want to get more specific about what happens in act one? The choices that you can make? I, I don't, I don't think we need to be specific about no. it. No, I don't think so. All right. Act two. Oh my God, it's pirates. Pirates. <laughs> um, uh, or I mean, our. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, like, they they um, infiltrate your ship, right? And then, oh, and then maybe the ship became. Is it a boarding party or a space battle? This is where yeah. the ships, the ship yes. that's come into play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. Great. Um, if, if you fail the space battle, they board your ship. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So this act has two halves. It has mm -hmm. the first half, which is a battle of some kind. Um, and if you lose the battle, or, or, or then, then you're boarded. And yeah. the second mm -hmm. half becomes, do you give up? You know, what risks do you take to either protect or do you give, up, give it up? Or do you join the pirates? Because that's an option or something. And then if you uh -huh. win the battle, the second half is, uh, do you waste time pillaging the pirates? Do you, uh, do you say like... Hey, you know, I wasn't really going to deliver this anyway. Do you want to join up and take this, you know, or whatever? Mm. Um, yeah. So, so does that, so maybe all battles in this game can have two halves. Yeah. They can have, uh, they can have uh, some structure that includes some of the mechanics with the ship stuff and then a different ending depending on one or two of two results. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm sort of just spinning this out really quickly and making a lot of choices here. So please, uh, well, um, I, make I changes I if, I think that makes sense. Uh, yeah. And I think that, like, the, the battle and the, the results of the battle should be dependent on your ship. I guess I don't know if every level yeah. is going to have a battle, but, like, I think it should. This should be where your or your ship's stats are important. Um, they hit you with an EMP or something, and, hey, if your, you know, comms tower was taken out, you can't call for help, or mm -hmm. they took out life support. Like, maybe that's the randomization. Like, well, what did they attack? Mm -hmm. And did yeah. you, like, are you prepared? That is the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I've, mm -hmm. been, I've been boarded, and right. mm -hmm. I need to flee yeah. the ship or mm -hmm. I need to call for help or I need to um, like purge the ship of um, like these uh, swarming pirates. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so battles have types. So as a player, I kind of have some expectation of like, oh, in this uh, assignment, the, mm -hmm. the battle, and maybe there's more than one in an assignment, but in this, in this assignment, the battle for this mission is of this type of battle. And so I kind of kind of know, but the story is going to be different each time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I don't so, know if we. I don't know if it's. Uh, yeah, just speaking more broadly, like in these kinds of, it, I think this kind of gets back to the idea we talked about a couple episodes ago about design, designing like Legos that you can then like choose and pick out of your pile and put them together. Yeah. Don't step on them, obviously, but like um, <laughs> that's kind of what I feel like we're doing. Is I feel like the the actual construction and work of piecing those Legos together in a way that makes sense is going to follow Sarah after this episode is done recording, right? Yeah, yes. We're kind of what we're kind of doing is like, hey, here's a bunch of Legos, Sarah. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The way I'm um, imagining like battles working is like the pirates attack a certain stat of your ship, and once your once that stat reaches 
if that stat reaches like the yellow or red section of the thing, then the pirates can board your ship. But if you survive the attack um, and are able to fend them off using other aspects of your stat of your ship stats, then you you know you don't get boarded. So like yeah. so for instance in this in this case, I guess the the pirates would attack your maybe they would they would attack your chip power because you're talking about an EMP, Sarah. Um, and so like if you prepared for it, then like your ship's power is really high. It's not at like power surge level high, but it's like a good amount. And so as you get hit with this EMPs, you're able to uh, your ship is able to sustain movement and maybe it outruns the pirates after a certain point. But if you don't, if your ship power reaches the yellow or red state, then your ship slows down to the point where the pirates can catch you and then they can board your ship. And then things um, ensue from there. Uh, And maybe like as like maybe this takes place over five hits, five attacks that the, the pirates send at you, or, yeah, send at you at your ship's power. As this happens, you can use your ship's additional stats to defend or prepare or, or yeah, I guess defend against it. So, like, maybe you can use, like, the first attack hits, because you got surprised. The first attack hits, and then uh, you're like, oh, snap, maybe I should call somebody. So you use your signal strength. Your signal strength is high enough that you can call um, I don't know, a suit on the uh, on the puppy dog planet or something and ask for help. Yeah, um, but I mean, but then also that gets into the NDA because it's like you're far, you're, you know, out of range for puppy mm-hmm. dog planet. There's mm-hmm. like a garbage scow nearby and you're signaling like, hey, I'm being boarded. I have like this really, really important cargo that needs to be maintained and it's like well can you disclose the company the client and the item and it's like i can't it's like well that's what that's what everyone says like we're not going to risk our crew um sorry or you can choose to disclose okay well this Mm -hmm. is from kruger code this is like a time shifting device or whatever or this is like a a biological weapon and it's like, Oh shoot, we can't allow that to fall into um, the hands of people that don't know how to utilize this thing. We're coming in to get you, but you violated Mm -hmm. your NDA and therefore you have forfeited your um, amazing bonus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can Uh, ask for help, but lie about what it is. It's just a big box of deluxe nougat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. It's just really good nougat. Premium nougat. (laughs) Yeah, I, so uh, just thinking mechanically, like when you make that distress call, like if your signal strength is great, then you can call, specifically call a suit. Mm-hmm. And if it's not so great, it's just a general distress call. And then you're going to have to deal with all the NDA stuff yeah, because it's yeah. going to be someone else who comes for you. Yeah. So I love that there's a lot of possibilities here. The right. trick is, is that uh, realizing all those possibilities is um, is many more pages, right? Oh, right. yeah. Um, which is like, the, so the question is, is like, is that okay? Do we want, do we want to move past one page per act? Um, if we want many, many of these modules, we want them pretty short and digestible, but yeah. all the possibilities we're thinking of might require a little bit more or would just require a GM. Yeah. Or um, just make more modules. Um, right. You know, you maybe, maybe it's just like, Oh, well I have all these ideas. Well, for this one, I'm choosing these ones. And yeah. So maybe there's just multiple jumping off points. So let you call for for help. And that's just that's an out to act two, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can just get to act three. Yeah. But what regard what however you um, 
whatever your situation is, like if you were able to, if you had to call, uh, you know, uh, someone who's not covered by the NDA to help you, mm. then you know, then you can get a different module, which is the a whole separate assignment or or, or mission about those consequences. Perhaps. Yeah, that might be a way to preserve the complexity. It again, it's that puts more of a demand on the publisher designer to write all of these things. But that's not that's that's specifically Sarah's problem right now, <laughs> right? And yeah. not the rest of ours. So I I'm can't pretty wait comfortable to write the module <laughs> where you're sued. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Then you know, it's like how stru- how structured do we want each of these to be? Right? Because mm-hmm. the more structure we have on them, it does limit the, our creativity a little bit in narrative. But that's sort of necessary, right? We yeah. have to mm-hmm. decide not to do a couple of cool things yeah. in order to keep it sort of simple. Yeah. All right. Let's let's leave that that thread uh, unwoven. For now, sure. Um, but uh, so this is where the mechanics come into the, the ship stuff. Yep. Um, and maybe we can get get specific about that. But I kind of want to move to Act Three. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. What do you? Well, you, you yeah. Basically, you use your ship stats to either succeed or fail in this part. The pirates board you, and you use your ship stats to get out of it somehow. Mm-hmm. Right. right. If right. you if you didn't get out of it somehow, you lost the cargo. Yeah. Your mission's over. Like you failed. Right. You don't yeah. make it to Act. Well. Yeah. I think nothing should keep you from getting to Act Three, but okay. if you lose the cargo or you give up the cargo, mm-hmm. you have to go to Planet Puppy Dog and explain yourself. Sure. Yeah. Or yeah, run right. away. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That. I guess a trap or door you, like, is probably lie the lie about it, like, it on your report, like you know. Yeah, that's good. Get it, and that could be something that could just be the flavor text that you write yourself in the booklet, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. To give more, and that could be much more of that self-governing. Is like you know. Let the player figure out how this makes sense and, and what, you know, without needing to worry about uh, writing every particular possibility for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I think uh, a trapdoor is good. Like, let the player abandon the mission anytime, but don't force them to abandon the mission at any time. Because okay. you don't want a player sitting on the bus being like, oh, man, like, you know, you want them to get to the end unless they choose to think that it's a sat- narratively satisfying to, to bail yeah. right? then, they, yeah. then they feel that it's a good ending right? yeah. if it's up to them okay cool all right so uh we've dealt with the pirates or they've dealt with us mm-hmm. we don't know <laughs> um and now act three is to deliver the cargo we've reached planet puppy dog um what is the uh i don't know other than just like here you go sir like i got i got nothing i mean did you arrive on time like if your ship was yeah, damaged yeah. because of the pirates maybe you're late yeah and maybe so that maybe means act- you've got to like try to risk skipping through some of customs. Yeah. Right. Right. So act three is where the mission type, uh, uh, if there's a time constraint or other constraint is, is where then, then it maybe forces some of your choices a little bit, which can feel good as a player. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay. I like that. And if you didn't arrive on time, maybe, I mean, if you didn't arrive on time, then how does this, does the story change or does, do you just get, not as much of the reward. Yeah, I think they just dock your pay. Like the time thing could maybe be, could determine how much reward you reap. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you delivered it. So mm-hmm. alternatively, yeah. like one way we could make time not as uh, punishing perhaps, but like maybe make it more impactful here is like there's some complications Always, there's always some complication when you're delivering the package at this point, delivering the cargo um, mm-hmm. that can slow down the process. And so, like, like maybe even if you've dealt with the pirates and you're really slow and stuff, you'll still make it on time, but like just barely. But then there's this mm-hmm. extra complication. And so, like, you have to figure out a way to deal with the complication without losing time. Yeah. 
And in that point, maybe you have to, maybe you like uh, sacrifice some of your morals to, you know, get it through like the 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 back door, or mm-hmm. uh, or maybe you were able to deal with the pirates very quickly and easily, and so like you have plenty of time, so you can do it the the um, correct way, quote unquote. Um, mm-hmm. um, and then, well, what if I'm thinking about what's in the box? Yeah, what's in the crate? Yeah, yeah. and I, th- I think mechanically we want the player to like decide to look in or not. Mm-hmm. Yes, but as a storyteller, I kind of want them to find out no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, if we played it out that way, it'd be in the battle. If you're boarded, then the pirates open the box and it scares the living daylights out of them, and then they leave. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then then you are left with what it is right mm-hmm. and then then you get some then act three starts with you deciding whether to deliver it or not yeah okay if 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 you fight off the pirates then maybe we can railroad the player into saying like why was it why were they so interested this is just a normal wage job mm-hmm. yeah and it's like oh were they just trying to keep it you know they just hire me so that it didn't draw attention what was the what was and then end act two with you deciding to open the box mm-hmm. yeah. um now that removes the choice from the player, but then it makes Act Three a little easier to structure. Yeah, right. For sure. Ellen, what do you think? I think it's yeah. I almost hmm. I think I'm coming back to an idea I had early on. It was like ultimately you were actually hired to deliver something that was fairly mundane, but someone put the wrong box on your ship. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, it's, it's not a big conspiracy. But these are like I think the thing that's giving me trouble is these are. St- story level decisions and mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to have to come out in the writing and, and kind of the, the moment by moment what, are you tra- what story are you trying to tell yeah. if we're trying to yeah. test me- if we're trying to ideate on mechanics I'm not sure it matters so much mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're just trying to outline a story one version of a story mm-hmm. that is a placeholder so we can think through mechanics right so I don't actually know if it matters I think it does matter and the case I'll make for it and you can agree or not is that the the this was going to put a limit on all the stories, right? The the mechanics will govern it. So if if the stories are always about making a lot of really interesting narrative choices that mm-hmm. the player makes, like whether to open the crate or whether to take the mission or not, mm-hmm. or whether to steal the box and run off to another planet, those are things that then make a ton of open space right. uh, in the later parts of the story that we need a GM for. And so uh, that's why D&D works is GMs can just shake their head and deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But when you're doing solo play, it's up to the player to deal with it. And sometimes there's literally just not words on the page to give them those tools. Mm. Sure. So um, so that's maybe my argument for thinking about story in terms of of us telling the story that the player is a part of. Um, But there's a balance. Like, how much do you want to how much of that storytelling do you want to take from the player before they're like, I'm not even part of this? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess my thinking is, I think we're rapidly approaching the, p- the point where we will need to actually play test it to just get a sense of whether we're yeah, at sure. the right balance point. So mm-hmm. my, I, my interest is like, okay, well, let's pick the ending for this scenario so that Sarah can write it and test out some stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's why I'm thinking like, in terms of the story, like I, I kind of like those ideas of like, you get to find out what's in the box no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happens? Yeah. Right, right. Um, okay, so uh, that may not ultimately be... We, railroading the player may not be a design pillar of this game, but for now, let's railroad the player into opening the box sure. or having the box open for sure. them yeah. in some way so that we can write Act 3. But there may be a, a, um, 
a breakthrough to make it us not have to do that. But let's just assume yeah. so. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. Okay, cool. All right, so act three. We know what this thing is. Uh, what is it? A person. A person. Okay. Ooh, oh, Lord. Yeah. Uh, a critter. Person? It's a critter. Okay. It could be a critter. Um, yeah, it could be some alien. sort of unstable alien thing. Mm. Right. Is it a horror or is it a ethical horror? Right? Oh, uh, yeah. Is it a monster that could get you? Or is it something that, like, you know, shouldn't be uh, transported because it violates many um, Geneva-style conventions? I'm thinking ethical horror. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm going to do, like, a, a horror horror, like a Lovecraft, the thing type thing, I'm going to make that the story. <laughs> mm. <laughs> this thing is uh, loose on your ship. Deal with it. Um but I'm thinking, like, this is, like, a mysterious thing. And maybe as you continue to play, you pick up these clues as to, like, holy crap, did we discover something new that mm-hmm. is being utilized by corporate entities or is uh, being traded on the black market? How does that affect me and my job? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, it could it, be we, like the, it should it should fill out the world a little bit. Yeah, right? it could be the entry point into something a li- like a a bigger story. Um, but for now, mm-hmm. it could be I don't know, like a I don't know, a glowing spiky mushroom. I like that. So we don't. So the player doesn't know what it is. <laughs> no. it's just it's uh, it's like mystical and like what is this mm-hmm. they're left with? So it's not a yeah. uh, it's not a like oh should I deliver this or not? It's like uh, what it, what am I delivering? Yeah. And then what and and not and we never tell the player the consequences. They just know that there are consequences. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then in the future, yeah, it's it, clearly important. But why? It's clearly important. I like that phrase. Oh yeah, like yeah, like in the future, um, someone could like say like, "Hey, um, I'm a scientist for puppy dog creations. Um, do you have any information on the thing that you transported and whether you looked at it or not, you could say yes or no. And Mm -hmm. like, they could be like little things we pepper in, um, throughout. And then there could be, maybe that's the gigantic, um, module that you recruit three friends for is like, there's an outbreak and we need to evacuate Mm -hmm. people on ships and, you were the only ones with the certifications to transport uh, irradiated human beings or whatever. But yeah. yeah, but it's it could be something a little more dangerous and treacherous in that case. And mm-hmm. using your knowledge, or you could even go in without the knowledge. But, you know, um, that's more fun things for me to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Yeah, we're just, I think we're still looking at a bunch of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? So in Act Three, we we know what it is, or at least we've seen it. Yeah. We don't really know what it is. Yeah. We're filled with curiosity, and so the choices we make in Act Three yeah. are. Uh, so this is where we can let the player totally change the ending, right? Yeah. Because they, it'll depict which mission they play next, or maybe it'll just be open ended and it doesn't have to be followed up on. But we can let them run away with it. Right mm-hmm. and not deliver it, mm-hmm. and then th- then maybe then their status becomes outlaw, or they can deliver it, and then f- like then there could be the the uh, the scene is the um or maybe either way the scene is they get there they they deal with the customs uh, if they don't didn't get there with enough time left they deal with those complications that Stephen was mentioning that's the me- gameplay mechanic there yeah 
um maybe it's um like a conversation mechanic of some kind mm. yeah um and then and then maybe the game the, it does just end with uh that that final choice of whether to either uh deliver it or not or is that just way to or just or just it's always going to get delivered um I, regardless I think, like is, yeah. is that too obvious a big choice i or? think having those two options those the, whether to deliver it or not and then the consequences of those two things determine how you how the rest of the act goes makes sense to me. I think like if you choose to if you choose to deliver it, you need to make sure you deliver it on time. And then there's a whole things like I was talking about before. But if you don't choose mm-hmm. to deliver it, then you need to get out with this cargo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess in that point, why did you land on the planet to begin with? But like I don't know. Uh, well, <clears throat> I mean, we we don't have to really solve that problem, right? I know, but like you you landed <laughs> yeah. on the planet and you're like, no, you know what? Never mind. It, but... I'm not going to deliver this thing. It's immoral, or I want to sell it, or whatever. Um, and so the two opposites of the spectrum, I don't want to deliver it because it's immoral. I'm going to go sell it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so whatever your reasons are for not delivering the cargo, you decide you need to snug, you need to smuggle it out of puppy dog, planet puppy dog. And so that is is your new decision-making tree. Is that a choice you make at the beginning of act three? Because a structure for these, these modules, I'm trying to bring it back to a generic. What do, what does every mission uh, how every mission is built. Sure. Maybe Act Three is always one of two options, mm-hmm. right? So you make the you make the big choice at the beginning of Act Three because that's narratively that's where big choices happen, yeah. right? And then that way we're freed from having to make the scene work both ways. Mm-hmm. We can just say um, so. There's four acts. It's just one, two, three A, three B. Yeah. Um, that would be, and then every that would be that's what you play this game for is is the the interesting Act One. The sort of choices in Act Two that change the theme but don't uh, alter the story necessarily, mm. and then at the end, Act Three is the you choose which way to go, and then at the end, you get the dot 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 to be continued in this module. Or yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Does that make sense? That sounds good yeah. to me. Yeah, or before you resolve any, um, or before you go on to your next assignment, you need to complete this one, mm-hmm. or resolve this one. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so let's talk about Act 3A, where you do choose to deliver it. Yeah. Well, uh, like I was saying before, uh, you need to make sure you deliver it on time, because like, if you deliver it and you don't do it on time, then you don't get paid, or you don't get paid as much. Um, yeah. So, like, due to the complications from Act 1 and 2, maybe you have very little time to get this thing on on time, but there's always it's always, like, backed up by, I don't know, some reasons. The delivery, the people taking the cargo are uh, too slow at their job or something, or you can't get it through customs or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, you need to either you need to make it, you need to figure out how to get it. If you have enough time, you could just do it the the customs or the the way that they're yeah uh, or the normal ran- way. you've been audited for an inspection yeah and or it's something. like okay well do I go through with the inspection as I'm boarding I'm so close to delivering this thing or do right. I like you know, I don't know, blow this guy out the airlock or, you know, yeah. like, I, I've got to make right, this you, delivery. I've got a deadline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, you either you need to make decisions based off of this complication to make sure that you make it on time. Yeah, um, That would be what happens in Act 3. Uh, and then, or in Act 3A. That's what I'm thinking. So the, the the so the all of Act Three A is this like scenario in the customs border, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
Cool. And so how does what's a satisfying ending for, for Act 3A? Like, um, other than feeling like, uh, you know, role playing a character who doesn't care what this is and wants to get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, how is Act 3 give me a real satisfying conclusion? Um, I mean, obviously money, but like you were saying, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but also I guess, I suppose it opens up opportunities with your uh, with the corporation you just worked with. Like if you're if you are a suit and like you work for this corporation already, then the, the higher ups are like, oh, we're pleased with you. Um, maybe you can go to the gala after all. I don't know. Um, and then, well, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't mean motivation. Yeah. I mean, literally, what what is the interesting story that I read that, that that's what I'm you know saying what I mean? is and like this going to the gala is a good one. Well, yeah, yeah or I'm thinking like you you make it to the go- like even like regardless of what your class is mm. like, we're pleased with you. Here's a ticket to mm. the gala. Like yeah. you're, you know, enjoy a cocktail um, at the expense of Kruger Co. Um, and <laughs> yeah. you notice as you're, you know getting all of your boarding papers finalized and all that, you notice some like people in these like sort of biohazard suits wheel away the, or trans, Mm -hmm. like like, secretively take another vessel out of the box and put it in it like a, I don't know, mylar thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, take it off to a mysterious place or something like that. Or you see some Mm -hmm. weird sketchy person inspecting the crate silently um, and then just slink off into the shadows. Like there could be an underlying and going back to like, you know, the tone of the game. um, I don't want it to be like depressing, but it should be Mm -hmm. kind of, kind of dangerous. And yeah, um, there should be maybe um, an underlying dangerousness or mistrust once you've completed the assignment. Yeah. Okay. Like who so the, are the these narrative entities ends that with are a... taking away the crate yeah. um, and whether or not you gotcha. looked at it or not like, well, why are they interested in this thing? It's just nougat or it could be, oh crap, like they're interested in this like spiky mushroom thing. <laughs> Maybe it's not nougat. Yeah. <laughs> Neo. So yeah, ending with a tease that feels kind of satisfying. Mm-hmm. It's like leaving open it, a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah, I think it has to. Almost every module would. I mean, I could feel like you could organize this into expansions, where an expansion ends and there's like a concrete ending of some sort. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the modules within that expansion all end with kind of like you finish this assignment and. Right. You saw this at the end, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it right, makes you like right. put down that, put down that book and be like, oh, I want to do the same one as the, as the suit, or I want to do the next one as the freelance, you know, yeah. you pull the next one off the shelf and start it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, it ends with a tease. You get some information you wouldn't have if you ran off of it. Mm-hmm. So that feels rewarding. Yeah. Um, not, which isn't to say you couldn't flip the page and learn it anyway, but <laughs> even still you understand as a player that your character knows more mm-hmm. uh, than you would have. So that's cool. All right. So if you steal it, it's just about, um, getting away yes yeah um so uh do we want to break that down or are we pretty comfortable just being like there's we've we've teased some mechanics that could tell this part i mean yeah i mean this is i mean the ship stats could come into play here again too right yeah Yeah. so Uh, optional second battle uh (laughs) well yeah actually yeah it could be that and then like uh the narrative hook or the narrative ending here would be you know you have this cargo you don't know what to do with it yet um but like you can look at it more and 
you get more information about what the cargo actually is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is this and why do I have it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a equally good tease. Then that might be the theme, like all these, like Ellen was saying, they all sort of end with that tease mm-hmm. so that you, yeah, uh, wanting more. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I got to write this thing. <laughs> uh, I think also this is I don't really have any specifics for this but just as kind of a guiding principle I do think that the stat that your stats whatever your mechanics are and their status at the end of the module you might think about making that a factor into the choices that come in the next module whatever that ne- next module yeah. will be yeah. and I bring that up as a suggestion like coming right from scum and villainy that's kind of how things ended like you really screwed up that mission and your ship is in bad shape um you're going to spend all your stuff on repairs, but that means you're broke. So that's going to influence which mission you take on next um, and how comfortable you are with risk because you need them. You need the credits. Yep. Um, and that's one of, I think one of the things that makes that so interesting uh, in that particular game. And I think there's kind of a similar dynamic at play here. So something to think about. Yes. Yeah. The, the, whether to take the payday or not mm-hmm. is, yeah. is uh, will, will matter. I think uh, for that. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, just there's, you know, the thing about how this could work with other classes, if you're the privateer, you can steal the cargo in Act 2, and then maybe you can just deliver it yourself in Act 3 for the payday. Mm-hmm. Um, for the suit, maybe it's uh, you're monitoring the freelancer, and then you can get involved in Act 3 to ensure delivery or something. Yeah. Um, there's, I think there's a lot of easy ways to make it so you don't have to completely rewrite it. Yeah. But let let Act One be different for each of them, at least. Mm. Um, cool. All right. So that man, that's the whole thing. If we hadn't already gone two hours, I would want to actually run through it. Um, but I, like, we're at two you know, hours already at, at speed. Oh, we're wow. we're getting there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you're editing this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. sorry. No, this is good. Well. It's your fault for bringing us something so interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'll this have is- to write it, and then we can actually run through it. Yeah. And hopefully yeah, sure. in under two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, I mean, hey, it's very convenient that this is meant to be like a, you know, you can be very leisurely. You can sit here with coffee or while you're waiting for the bus. Like, it'll be perfect. We'll just blast through this. <laughs> you know, You know what we could do? And I'm thinking ahead a little bit, but like you, what we could do for the play sessions is we could each ourselves, because it's a solo play, right? Yeah. We could yeah. each record ourselves thinking out loud as we're going through the play test. Ooh, yeah. And then the episode oh. could be like some clips from that, but then also like our group discussion and reaction mm. as like the second half. And then like we could put it all on the website as bonus content that That's you get genius. if you fill out the feedback form. Yeah. And we're all playing <laughs> different classes. Yeah. yeah. That would be really quite good. Yeah. I, oh, I love that a lot. All right, well, That's I'll get good. to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to play this. Sarah, thank you for joining us and sharing with us this project, which has been really fun to play around in. Yeah. And I, I really, I cannot wait to play it proper. And I know that puts a lot of pressure on you because really we want this done as quick as possible because mm-hmm. I, <laughs> wait, I cannot wait long to play this thing. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully I'll be able to uh, get this done as quickly as possible. <laughs> but um, I'm excited, too. I just, I love playing around in the world. And I think, you know, creating the mechanics, too, like, it just brings me back to all those times in, like, middle school where I just made nonsense board games, but had a blast doing it. And capturing a little bit of that feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, all right. Well, uh, that is our show. Uh, check out our website, nicegames.club, for show notes and links to resources on today's topics. You'll also get as much information as we could give you on uh, what we've put together here. Sarah's original document, if you don't mind us sharing it. Not at all. Um, so you can kind of see what that looks like. And maybe you can start thinking about your own scenarios in this world with this rule set. Because uh, it would be nice to, uh, to, not just for Sarah to put it together, but for to start building a community around it. Like, I could really see it being a thing that could take off really quickly. Yeah. Um, so as much as we've got, will be there on the show on the show page. Um, so check that out. If you like this episode, uh, give us a review in your favorite podcast app and tell your friends. Uh, independent podcasts like ours rely on word of mouth to grow, and that's word of your mouth. So uh, please uh, give us a review. Uh, we love hearing from our listeners. So for a quick way to give us feedback on the show, head over to nicegames.club slash feedback and fill out a short little form. You can also get in touch with your nice host directly on Twitter at Nice Games Club where Dale tweets about game dev resources and dual monitor setups. Uh, you can also email us through contact at nicegames.club. Ask us questions, suggest topics, or just say hello. So until we start again, remember to... Play nice. And make nice. require a little bit of editing but <laughs> but that's going to be Ellen's problem. <laughs> it is an even episode, isn't it? <laughs> well, it depends it depends on what order we do cuz we have we have some news, yeah. some meta news in the roundtable episodes, so we might want to release that one first. And oh. we mm-hmm. and we're going to put out another nice games gem this upcoming week, so it would be two in a row if we did this one first. Oh, so yeah. maybe yeah, I will good. be editing this one. Okay. We will okay. see. So um, more crosstalk, everyone. Okay. Make it hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're ready for part um, two, right? Cat. Yes. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.